Welcome to Fairfield. What are you reading? A next book podcast from the Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. I am Philip Barr, your host and head of adult services. Each month we gather a group of library staff together for a conversation about what we are reading, what we're reading, what we've just finished, what we're excited about coming soon. Most of the books will be new, some will be older. The group will focus on books we love and hopefully you will too. The mood of this podcast is relaxed. Imagine you come into the library, ask a librarian for a next read, and a couple more people stop by, and soon everyone is trading their favorite new reads. Listen in now as we begin. A disclaimer. In this episode, you will hear some audio level differences. We are working on correcting this issue moving forward and appreciate your patience. Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to episode four of What Are You Reading? A next book podcast from Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Today is May 14th, 2021. My guests and colleagues, Mary Coe, Jennifer Laceman, Linda Quinn and I will be discussing our favorite new books, both fiction and nonfiction, as well as what's on the horizon for this summer. So why don't we jump right in? Mary, would you like to get started? Sure, thanks. Uh, Hi, I'm Mary Coe. I'm the branch reference librarian at Fairfield Woods Branch Library. And the first book that I wanted to talk about is uh, one I'm very excited. Um, Last year uh, during the pandemic, when we were doing online book groups, we had a visit by a Fairfield native author, Elena Dillon, uh, talking about her debut novel, Mercy House, uh, which was really terrific. Um, it's a story of a group of nuns uh, in living in Brooklyn in a home uh, for they all live together, but then they also take in women who are escaping abusive relationships. And it's during the time of one of the apostolic visitations where the bishops were kind of coming and making sure that uh, the nuns were the way I see it, like all behaving uh, properly. Um, and so not a really, what? And not overstepping. And not overstepping, yeah. So it was a wonderful book. She was a fantastic guest. And we are having her back on July 8th um, at 2 o'clock. And she's going to be talking about her novel, which just came out in April, called The Happiest Girl in the World, which is also wonderful. It's a story of two young girls who are on the road to becoming Olympic gymnasts. and it talks about the kind of the abuse scandal there. She just has such a really wonderful way of writing. You know, when you're reading a book and it's the author has these turns of phrase that just make you stop and take a minute and reread it. Um, the very gripping storylines, difficult subject matter, but just a terrific read. So I highly recommend that. And if you are able to join us on the 8th, uh, I think it'll be a, a great event. So looking forward to that. Um, And then another book that I wanted to talk about, it's coming out in June. It's by Joshua Hankin and it's called Morningside Heights. Uh, It's a novel, uh, it's interesting because it's it's like a family drama story, but it's really fast paced, which was, I found a bit unusual and really interesting. Um, it's a story of a New York family 
and uh, Prue Steiner, she's the main character when she is uh, in school. Uh, she falls in love with her, one of her professors who's just, just six years older than she is. Uh, he's a Shakespeare professor and they fall in love and they have a family, uh, but then he's diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Um, so it's very tender, it's sad, but there's, there's some joy in it too. And I think that he really portrays uh, kind of the helplessness that you feel when you're accompanying a loved one um, on the journey of Alzheimer's. Uh, so I, I highly recommend that one as well. That one might be a little too close for me right now. Yeah, well, I think, it, you know, sometimes when you're reading a story that touches on something that you've been through personally, there's this kind of this cathartic uh, sense to it when you see that you're sharing the same feelings as the characters. So yeah, I mean, sometimes they do hit a little too close to home, um, but it's, it's that kind of that universal thing, you know, when we're going through something, um, yeah, kind of going through it together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I'll pop in on that. Speaking of, I don't think I can read that right now. Um, I've been reading thrillers because that's about all I could handle right now. Um, and thinking of summer, you know, the good beach reads, going back to things like Jaws. So these thrillers that I read, two of them back to back are about planes being taken over by terrorists, which oh. is good timing since people will start flying soon. Um, one is due in June, one is due in July. The first one that I believe is the one that's due in July is called Falling. And I thought when I was reading the two back to back that one would stand out so much better than the other or that one wouldn't be good, but they were both equally good. And the premises are just different enough that it'll, it'll keep you thinking. The first one, Falling, is about um, the terrorists don't even, they're not even on the plane. They've kidnapped the pilot's family on the ground and are sending him messages that if he doesn't crash the plane, they're going to kill his family. So what will he do? Will he sacrifice his family or the plane? And it's just, it was very fast paced. It was really interesting. And the whole time, you know, well, he can't possibly crash the plane. Can he, but how will he get out of it? And it was really good. Um, the second, oh, that was by TJ Newman. And again, that's falling. The second one was called Hostage. And this time it's a flight attendant who's blackmailed into letting a terrorist into the flight deck. And the terrorists are eco-terrorists. They're trying to prove to people that flying, or they're trying to make people realize that flying is one of the worst things you can do as far as global warming and wasting fuel. So while it's a thriller and you don't know how they're gonna get out of it and whether they're gonna get out of it, it also makes you think about um, what can we do to maybe lessen our carbon footprints without having to get to the point where ter terrorists are crashing planes. Um, again, that one was Claire McIntosh, it's called Hostage, and it was very fast paced also. And I think the two of them were equally good. Not gonna be helpful for those fear of flying folks, for sure. I think I might avoid those. <laughs> no, and I'm gonna be flying in about a week and a half, so it's probably <laughs> bad timing. <laughs> I'm like, did I, did I learn anything? Can I, do I know what to do now if this happens? Well, that's true. Get some <laughs> tips on, um those situations. How to deal with the terrorists. Yeah. And what's happening in uh, young adult? I'm going to, I'm just going to jump in there. Uh, this is one maybe Linda you'll want to add to your list of fantastic mystery thriller kind of books. 
This is a book that has been uh, probably one of the most talked about YA books. It's crossed over. I think adults are reading. It's been on bestsellers. It's Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boulay. Um, like I said, it is a fantastic mystery, um, but really what set this book apart for me, um, it's the story of an 18-year-old native teen, and she's struggling to kind of fit in with her white mother's prominent uh, family in the community of Salt Saint Marie in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and also the family of her deceased father, who is O.G. Boy, um, and what makes this really unique is it is an own voices book, which is means that an author, it's a diverse author telling the story, uh, telling a story based on their kind of own life experiences. Uh, so this author, Angeline Bolie, is a enrolled member of the Salt Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians, and she's writing about her Ojibwe uh, background. Um, she is also, which I found fascinating, she's also the former director of the Office of Education in the U.S. Department of Education, too. She's a debut author. She's in her 50s, and uh, she's been thinking of this book, and the idea has been percolating in her brain since she was a teenager. So I thought that was fascinating, just her background, but then when you get to the book, the setup is it's early 2000s. Our main character, Donis, is she's just starting college, and um, she's dealing with a series of family tragedies. Her beloved uncle recently passed on, her grandma had a stroke, and her mom is just this fragile individual. And of course, there's a new boy in town um, who joins the hockey team, befriends uh, the main character's brother, and we're not quite sure if he's all that he says he is. Uh, so since tragedy always happens in threes, there's a devastating event and that draws Donis into an FBI investigation. So she's in the, into an FBI investigation on a new form of meth. If you remember from the 2000s, meth was really ex, kind of exploding onto the scene. Um, so it draws her into this investigation um, as a kind of a uh, informant um, because she's stepping in, she sees the devastation it's bringing to her community, um, the native community, and she's stepping in to help. Um, so it's a thriller. But also this main character is like, she's amazing. She's smart, she's tough, she's a former hockey player. Um, but really what I loved about this, like I said from the beginning, is this author's own experience in the OG boy community really sets this book apart. Um, she uses that to, I'd say, her format to shine a light on issues facing women of that community, in particular violence and sexual violence. And, but it's in a really, it's a way that's like natural, organic, uh, it's part of the story, and it's part of this character she created. So I would highly recommend this. And I just saw that uh, it looks like it's coming to Netflix, I think, from, I think, the President Barack Obama and uh, uh, Michelle Obama's production company is oh, going wow. to be bringing this to film. So I'm excited to see that too. Okay, so I'm looking it up right now. What was the title? Firekeeper's Daughter, and the cover's beautiful too. I wish we had like visuals so I could show you. The cover's beautiful, um, and I just, it was, you know, I love the thrillers are kind of, if I ever read adults, that's kind of my genre to go to, but it's it's just so much beyond a thriller too. Yeah, and it's interesting, Jen, you said she, so this author is a debut and she's in her 50s? Yeah, yeah, and she's been writing this like in the mornings and in nights, and she, you know, she's writing about her community, 
first son played hockey, like everywhere, you know, if you're from that kind of area, you live the hockey life. So there's a lot of hockey talk in there. And as a mom of like a sports, a son who plays baseball, like I could relate to that uh, too, mm. that athleticism. So it's a really cool character she's created. Is this book out yet? Or is it something that we have on order? It's in, it came out in March. Okay. And we do have it and there are holds. Um, I read it, I haven't listened to it. It's a rather long book, but it would be great to listen to, I feel like too, because you would actually get the correct pronunciation. Mm. Um, she uses a lot of uh, Ojibwe language. Uh, and it, I think that would be a wonderful experience too. Cool. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, it yeah. sounds really good. It's interesting because when you were describing it, I was thinking, wow, this sounds like it could make a really great TV or film. And then boom. The, the higher ground people have snapped it up. So great. Yeah. Well, and that and knowing the production company that's picking it up, I feel like, you know, they'll be, you know, stay true hopefully to this book. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I'll look for the audio. That's uh, one of the things, um, it, speaking of uh, listening to a book and uh, Jen, when you mentioned the kind of like the correct pronunciation and the flavor of the language, I'm listening to the henna artist I think a lot of people have already read this or are reading. It's a Reese Witherspoon. I think was one of her choices. And to hear um, the in you know the Indian language and the words and the, the phrases and all, I, it it just it's really an enriching experience uh, to be listening to the to the book. Um, and then you kind of get that the full flavor of it. Yeah, I think that we've um, we've touched on audiobooks almost every podcast, yeah, yeah. and I I think that. Um, as librarians, but also as readers, I don't. Uh, I think the four of us can't emphasize enough how much we really all love um, listening as well as we love reading. It's just a whole different experience, and um, especially when you get a great reader, it can really make the book turn into magic. I think. Definitely. I've got one um, nonfiction that I'm going to throw out that just got released um, at the beginning of this month, which is May of 2021. Uh, there's a great uh, book called Films of Endearment. It's a mother, a son, and the 80s film that's, that's the 80s films that defined us. So it's a, um, a man that's, uh, I'm not quite sure how old he is, probably in his 40s or maybe pushing 50, but he grew up in the 1980s and um, his mother is getting on in years now. And so he decided to create this project where they sat down um, and watched a, uh, an iconic female-focused film from the 1980s and, um, and then sort of dissected it. Um, the interesting thing about the book is that the book is definitely a film lover's book, but it's also a memoir about their life together. It's a memoir about the time period that they're watching these films from. Um, and he, the author just has a really great um, way of really going very deep into each chapter. So each chapter is a different book, obviously. The author's last name is Koreski, it's Michael Koreski um, with a K. And he, um, he just does a really great job of making the connection between he and his mom, their, 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 his mom's past, like how she was raised, how he was raised. And then these really great films, um, obviously Terms of Endearment is one of the films because the title of the book is called Films of Endearment. They do nine to five, um, and there's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch of other films. Really, um, really interesting and sort of unique premise, I think, to sort of meld memoir and film, um, film study sort of together. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. So that's um, that's freshly out right now. I'm actually in the middle of it right now, and 
it's it's the correct time like it's the same films that i grew up with yep so it's really interesting to see him connect it to his memories because i don't remember i don't remember going to the movies with my parents at all except when i was really little like sound of music in the drive drive-in or something yeah yeah we, we um the I'm blanking on the name of it now, but I remember the last time I went to the movies with my parents together, like as a family with my older sister. And it was um, uh, it was the film that had Anne Bancroft and Mikhail Baryshnikov, like the ballet film oh, yeah. from that era. And I'm blanking on the name of it now. But um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's really interesting. And it's also interesting to hear like a lot of what he remembers from his childhood is sort of filtered through that mind of a, of a kid. So his mother will throw in out comments when they're watching these movies in present day. And he'll be like, what? Like, he just because she seen, I think she's a lot more sophisticated than what and her and her thought processes. You know, most of us think of our parents as our parents. And so it's it's sort of they're coming together as adults. And it's um, it's a great, great, great story. Yeah. And and I'm also learning like it's making me rethink how I saw these, some of these films like um I'm in the mommy chapter right now and he's talking about mommy dearest. And right. at the time I really didn't know who Joan Crawford was and having seen that movie, I, that was just my view of her. Right. So it never occurred to me then as a young person that the, the daughter could be lying or, you know, and I also didn't understand that it ruined Faye Dunaway's career. Yeah. I didn't know that either until I read the book. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm loving it. Yeah. Oh, good. So does anyone want another thriller? sure <laughs> really it's all i can do there's a there's one coming out next week called local woman missing by mary kubica or kubica i'm not sure how you say her last name um the premise was really good a, a woman goes missing and then a few weeks after that another woman and her daughter go missing and it kind of impacts the entire neighborhood and you go back and forth between the time that they disappear and the current day and it was really, really fast. It was interesting. And she pulls all these threads together at the end. And it's like, oh, that's what happened. And it's all related. And you had no idea until the very end. And it was, again, she's, she does a great job with these thrillers that have this twist at the end. And um, this one I'll be recommending. It'll, again, it's a great beach read. If you're looking for something fast to read called Local Woman Missing. And that one is out next week. She people who are thriller readers, she's very popular with with them. She I, she does do a good story that way. I I have I don't usually do thrillers, but um, and I don't know if I would call this one a thriller. Um, I think it's more of a mystery. It's a standalone by Tana French uh, that came out last year called The Searcher, and uh, so I've not read her mystery series, but uh, the Dublin Murder Squad series. But this is about, um, he's a Chicago police officer uh, named Cal, who's retired to this supposed to be idyllic Irish village. Um, so again, with the audio on this one, you have the lovely Irish um, accent, uh, which really transports you. So this is a village that seems like it's gonna be filled with, um, you know, interesting characters, um, but th there's a definite darkness here, um, which she does this great job at kind of revealing very slowly. Uh, Cal is befriends this young 13-year-old um, Trey, whose brother has gone missing. 
and people have just assumed that he, he took off. Um, but you soon find out that there's much more to it and Cal reluctantly befriends Trey and um, gets involved in solving what happened to the brother. There's one scene in particular, which is a spoiler, which I, so I won't tell you what it is, but I listened to it a while ago and I still just can't get that scene out of my head. It's very vivid, um, such a great story really transports you. So I, I, I highly recommend that one. Linda, have you read that one? I haven't read that one. Claudia read it. And she really liked it too. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm kind of saving ton of French for when I have nothing else to read. Like I have a, I have almost every one of her books in paperback. Oh, and I haven't started them yet. So you'll do like a series. You'll run through the series. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> someday. Someday. I have another thriller since we're uh, talking about thrillers. Uh, one that I would recommend. Um, it's The Girls I've Been by Tess Sharp. Um, so basically the setup is what happens when a young woman who's raised by a con artist, con artist until she's the age of 12 and then she escapes. She gets taken hostage um, with her ex-boyfriend who's now her best friend and her best, her, another best friend who is now her girlfriend in a bank robbery. And I read this review when it was before it came out and I was like, oh, I gotta read this in it because it sounds like a feminist uh, kind of Ocean's Eleven or something. Um, and, I, and then I read it and I think, boy, oh boy, this was way more than meets the eye to this book. Uh, the main character, yes, she's the ultimate con artist, but, um, and she, you're led, you see how throughout the book, she kind of committed the ultimate con by escaping her mother and her stepfather. Her mother's the big con artist um, at 12. But you realize, you know, talking about cons and everything is all fun and everything, but that type of existence does a lot of damage to one's psyche. And while we're experiencing the bank heist, um, she kind of is simultaneously going back and forth, the author, and unpacking this abusive life that Nora led, was raised into by her mother, because um, her mother forced her to assume a different girl's identity for every new con that she planned. Um, so there's kind of this layer of PTSD that we're wading through while we're going through this, you know, thriller. So I thought it was, you know, it was unusual. It was completely unexpected to have that um, kind of a issue of mental health brought into a thriller. and fairly, you know, and really doing a serious discussion of it. Mm. So this was uh, something unique that I'd read that I, I would uh, recommend. It's fast paced, but like, you know, it's unexpected. That's interesting, Jen, because it I had just recently watched the movie Kajillionaire with a K, Kajillionaire. And it's, you're, what, when you're describing that book, it's a similar, it's, it's further into the future because the young, it's a two parents and a young woman who's probably in her mid twenties and they're a con artist as well. Um, but it's that dysfunction and PTSD that you're talking about that comes through in the film as well. So it's interesting that, that, that this theme has been picked up because I think it's really, it, you can go a lot of different places with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're used to seeing like Hollywood movies where people, you know, it's all, fun and games and you know who can be the smartest but they're you know thinking of it on the other side you know of the real human side of you know doing these cons and things like that yeah and how it really ends up being child abuse for these kids yeah, so, absolutely yeah, yeah really really good that sounds great 
is this something you would recommend like for a family road trip? I, I see we have that in audio too. Um, depending on the age uh, of who's, who's in the car, I mean, it, I would probably, you know, it, it's, it's YA, but it's older YA into like the new adult kind of category where high school, um, I mean, college age, I would, but yeah. Uh, it, it sounds like the kind of thing that teenagers in the car with parents would all enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I do have, if I, if I do have a great, uh, my other, I, I do have a recommendation for road tripping. If you have a family who's road tripping with younger, like later elementary to middle school, I did find a fantastic audiobook I loved. Um, we were talking about audiobooks earlier, uh, Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus by Dusk Bowling. That's a great um, title. Yeah. yeah, it's a long one. It's, it's a 2022 Nutmeg Middle School nominee. Okay. And I just listened to it. Um, if you're not familiar with the Nutmeg books, they are selected. There's four committees, uh, CC librarians um, each year who uh, select for four different categories uh, of, uh, from age two up through high school. Uh, they select about 10 books and their goal is to encourage children and teens to read great literature. And they always do a great job selecting from different genres and um, covering different interests. So this selection is kind of a combo, realistic fiction, light mystery, I would say. And it hits the same notes for me as the one book, one town book selection we had um, several years ago, Wonder. Mm -hmm. So it's a 13 year old, Avon Green, her parents just accept a job to run a uh, Western theme park in Arizona, one that is uh, badly deteriorating Western theme park. And so they're packing up everything, moving to Kansas. And as you can imagine, they've already, she's already started eighth grade. So that's rough enough. That was when I moved between seventh and eighth grade. And I tell you that is a terrible move. But uh, Avon does not have arms. And so moving from another, uh, she was born without arms. And so moving to this other area with kids who have not been raised with her since birth and don't know her, uh, it's a whole new level of stress. Um, but her parents have never let her back down from a challenge. She's, you know, up for it. Um, she kind of struggles to make friends until she meets a uh, young boy named Connor who was hiding out in the, the library, uh, not eating lunch. Uh, during lunchtime and she comes up to him um, and she discovers that he is kind of cutting himself off from people because he struggles with the neurolog neurological condition Tourette's syndrome mm. um, and so he, he one of his tics is he barks um, and uh, so what I loved really about this book are these two characters Avon and, and uh and Connor Avon is she's clever she's funny um she's kind but she's also has a certain level of impetuousness that you see with like that really rings true for this age and he's really sweet but his sadness just it kind of like leaps out at you leaps off the page i'd say even though i was listening to it um i have a family uh members with tourette so i say this um and say that this stories like this we really need and we really need to listen to them with our children um, and generate discussions of like neurodiversity. Um, I think in accepting and understanding and appreciating differences, whether they're physical or how brains fire and everything. So I honestly, this one's one I laughed 
I smiled, I got teary with it. So I highly recommend this one for uh, if you are an adult sitting in a car driving places, whether it's vacation or soccer or whatever, like pop this one in and you'll all enjoy it. That sounds great. Jen, who was the author again? Dusty Bowling. Great. And so I we're we're getting a, we're getting close to um, wrapping up. So does anybody have anything that's on the horizon that they're looking forward to, or perhaps something that they've read that's coming out um, over the summer? I well, I the one that I mentioned, uh, the Morningside Heights, that's coming out in June. Um, there are actually three in the in the fall um, mm. that I'm I'm really looking forward to, um, and the, I know the fall will be here before we know it, but. One of uh, my favorite authors, Wiley Cash, um, has one coming, When Ghosts Come Home. Um, Amor Tolls uh, has one. He's a gentleman in Moscow and Rules of Civility, also one of my favorites, uh, has one coming in October. Uh, Lincoln Highway is the name of it. And I know this has already been mentioned in the previous podcast, but Anthony Doerr, mm. um, Oh God! I just the cloud. What was what is cloud that cloud? Land. Cloud Cuckoo Land um, is coming out. So very much looking forward to that too. Um, Those are all on my nightstand. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get to them eventually. Eventually, yeah. I, I'll just throw out Mrs. March. Everyone's talking about this book. I just finished it. It was, it was dark. It's very. It, it really immerses you into her head. She's just a, a housewife going along happily the wife of a, an author and she's very proper and it's almost, it harkens back to an earlier day. She wears kid gloves around. She goes into the bakery one day and she's very proud of her husband's new book, which she has not read. And, and then the baker says something like that. I hear, I think the uh, main character is based on you and you must be so proud. And the only thing she knows about the main character is that it's a whore. Oh, so it spirals her and she comes apart it is it's dark again it's a really fast read it's one that Jen Dayton had recommended that I read and wow people are gonna be talking about this book wow that's exciting it's coming in August coming in August Mrs. Yeah. March and it's by Virginia I think Fado yeah F-E-I-T-O -F right we're just looking it up yeah well, thank you, Mary, Jen, and Linda, and thank you listeners so much for joining us for another episode of What Are You Reading podcast brought to you by Fearful Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Check out our show notes for book titles and authors mentioned today, and please join us next month for another conversation about what we are reading. Thank you all so much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.